bow, bow, bow. Yep. What's up, people? It's another episode of the Giants, guys. And we're live on YouTube because somehow Twitter and, and StreamYard are not getting along anymore. So we're on YouTube now. And, of course, I've got Spartan Mike in the room. I've got, of course, as promised, I got Zach. And, Zach, I don't even need to introduce you because everybody knows that you're, like, hot off the press, hot off the airplane with some brand new, you know, news because I'm assuming, as we alluded to, you were on the plane on the way home back to Jersey or PA. How does it go down? Like, is is your phone buzzing? Is there is it like some? Are you just like you know? Do you pay for the uh, do do you pay for the airline you know connection to your phone and you're checking your phone? Are you sleeping and the guy next to you bumps you and says, "Hey, they just fired Jason Garrett." How does it happen? I, I had my laptop and I bought the Wi-Fi and I wanted to sleep because I didn't get very much sleep last night. But I was I had a feeling it was going to happen while I was flying. Of course, that's how these things work out. Yeah. And I went almost the whole like two and a half hour flight. Uh, nothing was happening. And then as they're telling us that we're getting ready to, you know, start to land, uh, the news comes across Twitter. Um, and then I, you know, we luckily I had stuff like written and my coworkers helped me get the story I wrote up. Uh, but yeah, so it was, it was a little chaotic for a minute there, but yeah, it was, uh, as I was landing and then got home, popped on the, the press conference with the Joe and, and then now I'm uh, back here with you guys. All right. Well, let's say that you expected, uh, Jason Garrett to be fired. Cause I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised waking up and seeing that news today. Uh, after the way Joe's press conference went yesterday, I was not surprised. He, Joe, Joe doesn't, uh, talk like that unless there's a reason for it. Like, and it would have been awkward just the way he, without saying Jason Garrett's name, just like called him out for not getting the team ready. Like it would, yeah. have, been, it would have been so awkward if he had come back at that. I mean, I, I guess you could have seen it cause I know the organization likes Jason, but um, the writing was on the wall. I thought, and if, if they hadn't have done it, it would have just been another wild day in giants. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I guess it would have been Absolutely. that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's back up. So when did you, when did you fly into Tampa? Fly in like for the, for the game? Yeah. Yeah, I flew out. I flew out. I usually fly out the day before, so I was out there on Sunday. So you're out there on Sunday. You're chilling out, watching the games, enjoying the weather. Monday comes around, game time. You go to the stadium, beautiful stadium, great place to see a game, right? Um, I don't know if you're if you're in the press box or where they put you guys. Um, but so you're you're watching this game unfold, and I'll say, um, I was in the car. Usually, I'm home and locked in, right? But I had something to do. So I, I was in the car for like the first, so it was seven to three. Okay. So I guess maybe the first, like, I don't know, 14 to 20 minutes, somewhere in there. I'm in the car. What's, what's your first, what's your take on the game when the game starts? Cause it seemed the giants first drive, they went right down the field. Now as no, as per normal, just a field goal. But what was your take when the game started? Did you have any that, Hey, we're, we might be able to do something here. Well, First, the Bucks stormed up the field with like extreme ease on their first drive. Seven plays, seventy yards, I think it was, yeah. or something close it's to that. Geez, they got there, no problem. Yeah, which wasn't ideal. It's why you, I don't know if you want to give Brady the ball first, especially if you're a giant team that like needs everything to go right. But um, after that, like a lot of stuff was going in their going in their favor. I mean, like again, the what happened in the red zone is kind of exemplary of what's been an issue with Jason Garrett the whole time. They, they. They do those long drives where they get to the red zone, then they don't finish it out. They make a couple mistakes, bad play call, penalty, Will Hernandez. Bad, you know, the receivers don't get open, and all of a sudden you're kicking a field goal. So it was a, it was like a not a wasted drive because points are points, which is I guess how they operate. But um, so that was that was tough. Um, and then they, you know then they were playing fairly well. I think Tom Brady was kind of having his own with the defense for the most part, but they're still kind of keeping them out of the end zone. Um, I mean, they got lucky on that on that touchdown they had because Dory Jackson, the ball just landed in his hands, and they were and then they were able to run that cool play to Andrew Thomas, which was you know that's the thing with Jason Garrett. He'll occasionally throw like a wrinkle in where it's like, okay, that was that was interesting, but then he you know revert, he would revert back to the same stuff. But anyway, but yeah, and and there's like men, as as it has been all year, there was many opportunities they had to keep this game close to make it a thing. Um, and then just like weird decision after weird decision, they get in the third quarter, and you know the the way they uh, they ran their that uh, fourth and one play. Uh, I yeah. think where that where they had Colin Johnson was the only receiver on the field, which was confounding. Um, I, I, the one that caught me off guard was 
the the play clock is running down. Yeah, and before Jones is, yeah. He's still moving guys. He's moving receivers oh, off the oh, line. Oh, yeah, you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the fourth and down, then, yeah. Yeah, then he turns around and he hands the ball to Booker up the middle. And I'm like, what? Just, what's that? No, just all that. Just thinking that it was all that for, like, what, what was the point? I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking with all this movement, this has got to be something they worked on all week long. And, and maybe they're still not, you know, maybe they still don't have it quite down yet. But something good's going to come. He has the ball, the booker in the middle. I was completely slack, Joe. I mean, I was like, yeah. And it, and, it, and it's not just a head scratcher. It's beyond a head scratcher. Because, like you just mentioned, like, you get something going your way. And I feel like he, like, he, he throws in these wrinkles. So, to coin your word there, I feel like he's appeasing me. You know what I mean? Like he's like, you know what? I better put these three trick gadget plays in, yeah, so everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. off my back because yeah. it literally they're, they're, you know, often, they're often not well placed. It'll just be like, well, I don't know why they did that play at that point. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you this, Zach? Why, why do you think it is? You know, I see Tom. I mean, it doesn't look like the Buccaneers are running the craziest plays. The difference is they're just executing on every single one of them. Yeah. And yeah, they have Brady. Don't get me wrong, but what was it about Garrett's offense? That with all these weapons and all these players, they're not able to execute on these plays. It's just missed throws all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the biggest trouble they had in Garrett, you know, I don't know if this was a factor, you know, Garrett pretty much complained about the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line, you know, I think that plays a big part in why they aren't able, ever able to get things going. And it leads to, you know, the way Garrett calls plays and, you know, they scheme receivers in a way that they don't really get open. I'm sure you guys saw that play that kind of was blowing up where Dan Orlovsky and Brian Baldinger kind of broke down. Where oh, it came in the middle. Yeah. Three, guys just, yeah. three, three, two, three guys. Yeah. And then there's like a diamond. Yeah. Honestly, that, that like was one of the bigger indictments on, I think, the problem Joe Judge. I'm sure Joe saw that, and that was probably one of the things he got angry about with, with Jason. Like that, I mean, you can't have that happen, but that's the thing. They run routes like that constantly where they're not really go- getting any depth. You know, there's, you know, they're, they're trying to do quick passes and runs and to avoid getting Daniel sacked. So they're not taking risks and uh, it's just not the way you play football in 2021. Like they're, they're not the first team to ever have a bad offensive line. I never really got that excuse. Yeah. You know, interesting. You say that because one is I'm, and I want to make sure I'm on the record saying I am not a Lewis Riddick guy under any circumstances, but he brought up, but what's up Carl? Um, he, uh, he said, um, he said something like that to me, was something I've kind of been talking about for a while, but you know, what the heck do I know? And then Riddick says it on national TV, you know, that 80%, 70% of what they do is on the outside of the field. Like they're constantly running out routes and check downs yeah. and screens to the out, the outside of the field. The middle of the field is never used or utilized. There's, you know, there's just no, there's no post. There's no skinny post. There's no crossing routes. There's no drags. You know um, that mid range, that 10, 15 yard stuff, and that's what Brady did all day. All day was was across the middle, across the middle. He would catch the safety. The safety would take him for a while, and then hand him to the corner, and the, and in between the safety and the corner, he'd be wide open. And and Riddick nailed it when he said it. And that's hard for me to say, you know, because I'm not a fan of the guy, but like. I don't I don't understand how it even took this long to figure out that you know he's just underutilizing some really good talent. Yeah, I mean that and that's kind of that's why I think Joe deserves criticism because like there's nothing that happened in that Buccaneers game that hasn't been I mean, maybe to an extreme degree some things were happening, look more disorganized, but they they did the same stuff they've been doing since Jason was the offensive coordinator. I don't know what's clicked on him. I don't know why he thought he should wait until after the bye week or why he thought he should bring Jason back at all this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that Kenny Galladay, who, you know, I I think there could be an argument that towards the end of the game, maybe he was, he was dogging it a little bit. But, um, you know, there was plays where he was wide open in the middle of the field. They're not targeting him. They're, you're not using Kenny Galladay in the way that his skill set works. So I, I get why he would get discouraged. You know, they're not, you know, giving him 50-50 balls on the sideline or, you know, getting him down the field and, and it's 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 been confounding. Like they just don't know how to. They spent all this money and all these big time guys, and it didn't seem like they really had a plan for how to use any right. of them. Or or, or has a touchdown catch this this whole season. Yeah, Andrew Thomas has more touchdowns than Kadarius and Kenny Sam. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the the the, uh, the Tony thing drives me a little bit nuts because, um, you know, like we all know that we didn't really with signing of Galladay, you didn't really need another receiver, but we got one. So if you're making the statement saying, you know, I'm stamping this this draft pick as the as my guy, like judges, you know, it's judges draft, right? He's saying this is my guy, this is the guy I want, and he's non-existent. I think maybe and I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing uh, snake eyes probably because I don't know what I'm, you know, what's going on in the building. But uh, I'm guessing that he gave him two weeks to prepare to say, you got two weeks to make a show. You know, we even if we don't win and we compete, that shows that you put that extra, they're prepared, the extra time, maybe the extra strategy, whatever it is. But they came out and they just, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, they crapped the bed because there was really – they looked unprepared. You know, I mean, it's, yep. it's all you can say. To come out, come out of by looking unprepared is as bad as it can get. Too that yeah. just, and the fact that it was on national TV, so the, the Giants, you know, they're the way the Giants have been the last like five years. They're kind of just like an afterthought nationally, except for when they come on national TV and when they have a stinker like that. I'm sure that played a factor. I'm sure John Mara was embarrassed. I'm sure you know there's just embarrassment all around the organization because that was that was. I mean, they were they were getting made fun of all day today before Jason Garrett got fired. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough. Like, they, I mean, even like you were talking about with Tony, just to go back to that, like, I, it felt like a, like a luxury pick for a team that has so many needs that they shouldn't be making luxury picks. I think he's way more he's way more talented than I expected. Uh, I think he still needs to learn route running and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by his future. But, yeah, for a team that, you know, was trying to go all in on, for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to go on all in on winning this year when they clearly weren't ready for that. It was, even that was a strange pick. They should, they needed pass rushers and needed offensive linemen. Yeah, and I'm and I'm with you on the on in, the intriguing aspect of Tony because like just um you saw that I, I, did he have one or two catches last night? He actually had like five, oh, but well, I think yeah, a lot of them were garbage time. Oh yeah, that's right. You you saw the play. Jones was rolling out to his right. He had no one in the middle of the field. You saw Tony sitting. And realized he had space and he slid over, you know, towards the sideline and, and, you know, and, and Jones hits him. Like, I think he's got a good nose for the ball and a good yeah. feel for the, for the, for the field. Like there really isn't any re reason why, you know, you're not getting six balls a piece between Galladay, you know, 12 total between Galladay and, and, and Tony. It just, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And, and um, my wife says, I was telling her, you know, what happened because, uh, you know, she went to bed. She's like, I'm not watching this, right? Understandable, and, yeah. Yeah, but the next day she's like, she's like, why don't they actually use these guys? She's like, she's <laughs> like, I mean, she's like, all season long, you've been telling me how good these guys are and they don't use them. She just, she says, what plays are they running if they're not throwing it to them? And I was scratching my head because I'm like, it's that's a, a really deep, good point. A deep question for the morning, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like you're sitting there in a second. I'm like, if we're not throwing a Galladay and we're not throwing a Tony, what do we or, waste our offense? Why are you throwing yeah. it to that? Yeah, point? and then you say to yourself, "Well, it must be our offensive coordinator. He sucks." And then you get an alert on your phone that says he just got fired. Right? Is that how your morning went, Craig? <laughs> uh, you know, it was something like that. But I I will say that, um, you know, you guys probably found out before I did because I just I got jamming on some stuff, and then you know, uh, be, you know, being a giant season ticket holder and having an account. I get I get alerted to whatever press conferences and blah blah blah. So I got the alert, but you know how fast Twitter is. So I probably was a good I don't know twenty minutes behind everybody else, you know, because I wasn't paying attention. Shame on me. Um, so let me digress for a second, Zach. So you're at the game, things are falling apart, um, and we, 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 you know, is it just? At the point where you throw your hands up, you're like, "Oh, here we go again." Or like, "What's the what's what's the mood amongst the guys that you you know you work with?" I mean, you're probably in a room with three or four guys that you know, you know, uh, uh, from yeah, around the area. Sure. I yeah. mean, I, so I, I I included this line in the in my story, but I I, I mentioned this earlier about how like uh, the Giants are kind of you know out of sight, out of mind for a lot of football fans and then they watch them nationally and it's and it's the same stuff that you know all the giants fans and all the giants writers have been seeing and there, there's that meme with uh james franco it's from a movie or he's, he's like standing at the gallows with like the rope around his neck and he's like first time huh and i and i, I just i feel like giants fans are just like thinking you just see the way like national analysts are like reacting to the things the giants do that are confounding and 
but that, again, it, it it really is just deja vu every week. It's the same stuff keeps ha- the same stuff happens. They shoot themselves in the foot the same ways. Yeah. They make the same mistakes. Like it, Daniel Jones, you think he's looking good for a few weeks, and then he comes out and puts out a stinker like he did. Like it's, it's, just, point, it's, tough, it's tough for the, the fans sometimes think we're just being negative to be negative. Like we want that we want them to be good. We want them to be entertaining and fun to watch. And they're just not fun to watch right now. It's five no. losing seasons in a row. We we have a right yeah. to to be upset about this, you know. Yeah. But you had a good point about Jones. You know, I was watching last night. We were just talking about sometimes there were open re- receivers. And the one thing that I feel like Jones has constantly failed to develop is his ability to read the field past yeah. the first option. Yep. You know, he he focuses in on who he's supposed to target on the play or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he'll be back next year? It's a good question. I just because of their like financial and you know asset situation. Like my, my if I'm guessing right now, I still think in the organization they like him. I think they're still going to use the line of you know the offensive line and the supporting cast and the injuries. At some point, you have to overcome that as a quarterback, and he just hasn't done that. But my my prediction. I've been thinking this recently is that whether they this the idea is that this draft doesn't really have a, a guy at quarterback or whatever. Uh, maybe they, they sign a veteran and have him push Daniel in camp. You know, maybe whoever wins is the quarterback next year. If Daniel struggles, that guy becomes a starter. And then they look to draft a guy next year or something. Cause they just don't have the money to like, yeah. you know, trade for one of those star guys where the fans will probably want them to like, they're not yeah, going to Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, stuff like that. I was so, just – you took yeah. the word right out of my mouth. If Russell Wilson's not coming, Daniel Jones is your QB, and maybe you can find a Fitzmagic or something like that to come in and push him yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's like these – the odds are these rookies aren't going to be better than Daniel Jones right away. I mean, I, I honestly don't know that, know that much about these guys. I just know everybody keeps saying they're not – there's like no guy yet, and it's pretty late in the year for there not to be a guy. Yeah, there, there really is. I mean, college football doesn't have that standout where you no, under normal – you know, years, you know, you get five guys, but two are locks, like two guys just can ball. Right. Yeah. And, and also not to cut you off, but uh, like part of the problem is they, they can keep bringing all these quarterbacks. If they don't fix the offensive line and the pass rush first, it's not going to matter. So well, I was just yeah. going to ask you that, Zach, because you had mentioned earlier that, you know, Jones can't use the old line as an excuse. My concern is though, that, I mean, you kind of alluded to it just now, if we get it, draft another quarterback anyway, even if they're the real deal, it's very tough for a quarterback to develop behind a really bad offensive line. Almost all, a lot of quarterback busts yep. uh, do bust out simply because the offensive line wasn't there to protect them. Yeah, I, I mean you're absolutely right. That's that's like such the the fine line with Daniel, um, because I I think he showed some flashes earlier this year where he had me kind mm-hmm. of convinced that he could at least you know he was starting to show that he could be a, a quality starting quarterback. And then he kind of regressed back to some of the same mistakes he's made his whole career. Yeah, so yeah. That, well, that's like where the concern is. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely like it, it, it at, at some point it might just be a what if that we never get answered of what he would look like behind a good offensive line. Cause the reality is they're, they're going to have to completely revamp the offensive line again, this off season. I, you know, even J, Jason Garrett said, it, and he was right. Andrew Thomas is the only cornerstone guy they have. I don't know if you can necessarily rely on Nick Gates being Nick Gates again. No, no you can't go back. At least not right away. Will Hernandez clearly is kind of not not the solution. You know, Billy Price I don't think is the solution. Uh, I mean, the Matt Scora Matt, is probably ideal as a backup more than like the starting guy. So yeah, I, I, so you really are getting all new guys. They don't have the money to go and get like great free agents. So you're getting bargain bin guys and you're drafting rookies. And as you saw with Andrew Thomas as a rookie, like rookies often take a while to adjust. So yeah. you might the, the odds are they're not going to have a great offensive line next year either. So you have to factor <laughs> well, that in. Let's stay on that topic real fast. I was just reading Carl's comment here that Jones is running for his life. And that is true, Carl. He is running for his life a lot of the time. But that kind of leads me to something that, I mean, like, I I mean, I was so angry when I read the snap counts. Like, why did Solder start? Tell me you have – tell me, Zach, you're you're like, we're – we're big fans of your work. You and I, we, 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 you know, we tweet a little bit here and there. You and I tell me you have some magic ball answer for me because there is no reason on God's green earth that Solder plays over Pert. You're trying to develop Matt Pert and this year is the year to do it. So next year he's, he's seasoned and ready to go, but he's, he got four freaking snaps. Uh, it, it's funny. Anytime 
you know, you tweet pregame, like you see who they're running with the first team. Anytime I even say that Solder is running with the first team, like nothing makes the fans more angry. Um, He's oh, just bad. I, I don't know if you're going to like the answer. I think they, I don't know that the coaching staff loves Parrot as much as, uh, like they did when they drafted him. I don't think – I think he's been a little slower to develop than they would like. I don't think they really trust him out there just yet. And they trust Solder. I don't know if that – I'm not saying that's the right decision or the right thought process. Um, I mean, I, and they even, they've even gone away from the rotation, which uh, that was like a big thing Joe like pushed last year, and he still talks like they're going to do it every week. But they truly haven't done it, which it just shows you. That the fact that Nate Solder keeps – Nate Solder, you know, Nate Solder's corpse, whatever you want to call him um, – uh, the fact that they keep playing him ahead of Parrot, like it just—I mean—it just tells you what they think of Parrot. Unfortunately, I—I I, I like Parrot's potential, and I agree with you. Like this team's not going to the playoffs; they should be trying to see what they have in this guy. Yeah. Um, but they don't seem to want to. So you have to—you have to think he's not necessarily a, a future part of the plan as a starter. At least, otherwise, they'd be starting him right now. So. It's, uh, right, then, it's then, very strange for sure. Then let me ask the wild card question then, because like, listen, there wasn't a, a more maligned uh, offensive lineman that we had that Eric Flowers would do right because they, you know, he had a bad attitude. His father was involved and everything like that. And here he is playing with whatever they're calling their team. I mean, it's still Washington football club. Can can you, can you do something about that? By the way? I mean, these people need to name their team. I mean, it's, it's old by now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then Flowers is playing, playing, you know, guard, and he's playing pretty well. I mean, is there is there an opportunity even for him to play inside because he'll have help left and right, and he can anchor in, like, you know, like, and if he's athletic enough, maybe he can pull. Like, hasn't anybody even considered him playing guard? Because isn't it better that he's on the field and off the field? I, I don't. I'm still scratching my head on like why don't they plug him in somewhere? There was, there was a there was a like week early in the season where all their guards were injured that he was practicing a little bit at guard. So they at least like the idea of it. Maybe. I, yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting. I mean, maybe they see him, his future as he's a swing tackle, which, you know, ideally you use, don't use a third round pick on a guy who can't start, but <laughs> you're like third round pick. Oh, Zach, <laughs> if we switch gears here, cause I do want to talk about this cause they deserve their fair share of criticism last night too. What are your thoughts on this? Ben, don't break cover two defense. It's, it's, I mean, sometimes we don't give up points. We gave up 30 last night, but then we're also giving up a ton of yards and we're losing a ton of time on the clock. Yeah. I think, I think Patrick Graham is just kind of doing what he has to do with his lack of talent that he kind of has on defense right now. Um, and it's not going to work against a guy like Tom Brady. They'll get luckier where he can confuse guys like Derek Carr. And, you know, I, I think he could scheme against Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I mean, Logan Ryan not being there doesn't help, obviously, but I think he's just so limited by the lack of talent they have, especially at pass rusher and, um, you know, the inconsistent play they've been getting at D-line and the linebacker group is kind of a mess with Blake Martinez out. Um, James Bradbury is not having a good year. Like, I, I just think yeah. they're, they're good players and not playing as well as they need to. So you're, you've had so the last few games, you know, Pat, the genius Patrick Gam narrative came back and it's because he was he went back to, like, you know, simplifying things and and scheming. Uh, the pass rush in a way that you know got made these guys look better than they maybe actually are, but they, I mean they, the, the, the unfortunately the the talent maybe isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. But losing Blake Martinez, not having Logan Ryan, uh, even losing Drew Bill, who wasn't really even having a good year, like those are all factors. I would say. I did yeah. expect more yeah. defensive got guys right now earlier in the year. And you know how Brady is. If you don't hit Brady, if you don't rattle Brady, he's yeah, going to yeah, pick yeah. you apart. You know, like um, I, I said it earlier in the week, I'm like, if you can manage three to four sacks on Brady, you got a chance to hang in there because he actually he pouts like a baby. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't, and I'm not a Brady hater, but like when anything goes wrong or even closely goes to wrong, he's throwing a fit. You know, he's he's yelling at the refs. He's stopping all. Yeah. Well, because the the refs listen to him. He's Tom Brady, so that's why he does that. It's like LeBron yeah. James. And like, so, you know, if you don't hit him and like, uh, and Carl's saying here, like, you know, defense wise, I mean, you know, Zemanis is another healthy scratch last night. Like, you know, so there's, there's been some big time misses. And if you're going to, if you're going to do anything about this, Ben don't break. And I think it, I think it, it, it plays strong that you, if you do the Ben don't break type of defense, which we all agree has its potential, 
You need a pass rush. You can't have yeah, no exactly. pass rush and give away the middle of the field. Give yeah. away the middle of the middle. Give away the uh, away the middle of the field if you're if you're bearing down on the QB. He's going to make a mistake. But you can't let him sit back there and have the middle of the field. Yeah, and I think that goes back to you know Lorenzo and O'Shane have been pretty big disappointments throughout their career, but especially this year they were banking on them again. I think that was a miscalculation. Um, and then Aziz Ojolari, I know the fans love him, but like he's been pretty inconsistent if you look at it. Like he, his stacks have come in spurts, like in like three games, four games, and the other games he's kind of been invisible, and they kind of have been relying on him as the top guy. So yeah. they they need someone to be a consistent. Like it's it's got to be tough to watch for them seeing Marcus Golden have ten sacks in eleven weeks uh, for the yeah. Cardinals when they refused to play him last year because that guy just yeah. produces sacks when he's on the field. And they need a guy like him, and they don't have that. Even the Giants Kyle have to go from a team last year was better than what they have now. Absolutely. Did we get rid of him two years ago? When did we get rid of Golden? That was he. He was last year. Remember, he came back, and then well, uh, yeah, okay. they didn't play him at all, and then they traded him back to the Cardinals, and he's been killing. Yeah, because because that's when we thought Pert could actually play because in camp yes. Pert was throwing Golden around like a rag doll, and we were like, oh, maybe we got something here, you know. <laughs> Um, the other thing about Zach, about what you're talking about that a lot of people don't realize is a guy like Ojolari, like he's never played this late in the season in college ball. He's winding down to his last two weeks of the Good season. Yeah. You know, like this is the end. Like, you know, we don't put any, any, any stock into it, but college players, they now their first year in the league, especially a guy like who's getting 50, 60 snaps like Ojolari is, or, or at least in that ballpark, he's going to play eight you know, six, six, eight weeks more than he's ever played before. Some of these guys just, they're not ready to do it. Like he might be thinking like, usually I'm winding down and playing a bowl game in a week. And now he's still got another four weeks of ball. And, and he's only 21 years old. Like he's super yeah. young or 22 or whatever he is. So Yeah. I get your concern though, Zach. I absolutely get it because I mean, look, so many players on this field, you know, are guys that showed flashes of potential, but never consistently brought it every single game or every single play, you know? So yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, I think I don't know if he's still tied with the the rookies and like the leader of the sack board, uh, but yeah, they come in spurts, right? So I, I get I get the concern. I absolutely get the concern, but I'm still hopeful for the guy. You know? Yeah, he's a lot of well. That the thing is, he shouldn't be a team's like number one guy. Second right, right, of course. But uh, that's kind of the the hand that the Giants have dealt themselves, I guess. So. And 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 there's as Carl says here. He, Carl's just cranking out great great comments here. There's no, there's no identity to the team. There's no alpha male on the team. You know, you've got, you know, you got Blake Martinez. He's out. You know, Logan Ryan's Jabril, out. Yeah, yeah Jabril. And so you really doesn't step up into that role. Like, he's paid like it, but he doesn't step up into it. And that's the one thing that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, they don't. A lot of these guys are kind of more passive personalities. Late, like Daniel Jones is a captain. He's not very fiery. Yeah. Saquon, I don't think really. Has, I mean, Sterling Shepard maybe has that a little bit, but he's always hurt. So. I think Saquon was early on. He's looking like he kind of wants out of New York at this point. Like I'm, I'm done with this disaster show. Just the look on his face. It's not the same, uh, like uh, positive energy that he had like when he first entered the NFL. Well, because uh, and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with a lot of the love has faded. Just as he totally keeps getting hurt, and then his numbers keep going down. And it's a shame because obviously he's crazy talented and. Sure. You know, it's, not, it's not his fault. He got picked second overall. You know, that's kind of been no by a team with no offensive line. I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but he did, and he's a running back, and he's been hurt a lot, like everybody expected. Can't, so. can't they get him in space at all, like Matt Forte or, or or Bell did? You know, in his earlier days, like like they still want to run him up the gut. You know, they still want to run like it. Just it doesn't make any sense. Like they can, I know it's a cheap way out, but it doesn't bother bother me if you put him in a bubble screen. Or you get him out somewhere, you know, on the perimeter and let him run. He now he does look slower. That burst is not there. You could see that ankle is still is still lingering on the on the guy. But um, they don't seem to scheme him the right way either. Like I mean, by now, four years later, you should realize that he's better in space than he is between the tackles. But they still want to hand the ball to him up the gut. Yeah, and part of the problem with Saquon has always been, um, even when he was great as a rookie, he it's all big plays or he's losing yards. Like there's like no in between with him. Where, where, where like if, if you look like last year, the running offense was really good with Wayne Gallman down the, down the stretch. And I don't think yeah. it's because Wayne Gallman's like amazing. Same with Devonte Booker. Like I didn't think he was very good. And then those two games, he was running the ball really tough, you know, again, five yards at a time instead of oh. 20 or zero, which that's kind of, it's hard to, to like, unless 
for to, if you're like the number one running back and you're giving them all the carries, it's tough to have a guy like that. If especially if the rest of the roster around him is not very good. Well, this is why I think Garrett also you know writes his ticket out of town. Like Booker had 100 yards last week, and we didn't get we 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 basically ignored him again. Like yeah. all of a sudden Booker disappears. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you keep asking yourself if we're not giving the ball to Tony and Galladay, and we're kind of giving the ball to Barkley, but not really. Like. It's not like Ingram's catching the ball. It almost is like, you know, okay, guys, everybody's going to get the ball three times today. Everybody plays equal amount of time. I mean, I feel like I'm watching a flag football game. Like, you know, there's no reason why Booker couldn't have gotten himself, you know, 10, 15 carries. Shoot, Eli Penny's been running the ball well this year. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, where do they go from here? Like, well, what is what is what is it? Like, I mean, I know what we'd like to happen. Like, so is this – so Kitchens, I'm, Kitchens, I'm assuming, takes over the play calling. Is that a fact? I, I don't know. If, so Judge was kind of weird about that at his press conference today. He, you know, I, I asked him that, like, because there hadn't been any official announcement. And he, he kept saying over and over again, it's going to be a collaborative effort. It's going to be a collaborative effort. It's going to be all of us in the room. Um, and then somebody directly asked him, my coworker asked him, uh, like, are you going to be calling plays? And he's like, everything is on the table. So – um, I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, it might be just judge doing this thing where he's being needlessly coy about something leading for trying to get competitive advantage on the Eagles or something. Um, I imagine Freddie would make the most sense. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't say he, he might, he might be trying to do something strange where they have multiple play callers. I don't know. He's probably trying to be stealthy about it, right? And trying to yeah. get the Eagles off, which is going to do absolutely nothing. I know. It's, it's gamesmanship for gamesmanship's sake. And it yeah. Really do anything yeah. Right. And I, I did a little bit of the research this afternoon and I tweeted it out for everybody just to get an idea of, you know, so Kitchens was the OC for Baker Mayfield for only one year, that 2018 year. Um, and I look at the four years Baker Mayfield's been on the Browns and one year he had Freddie as the OC. So out of his four years, and really it's three and a half because we're in the middle of his fourth year, um, He's it's basically his his second most productive year in almost every category, um, you know, with uh, completions, attempts, um, yards, you know, yards per throw, um, uh, touchdowns, like every everything seems to be that Fre- Freddie's not afraid to take the ball and go vertical with it. He did throw the ball a little bit down more downfield when he took over for Garrett last year when he was on the COVID list. Um, any thoughts to like what Freddie brings to the table that Jason doesn't? I think the the main thing would be that he, I think he's more willing to take shots down the field, which I think Daniel Jones on like PFF's uh, numbers was averaging like two throws down the, like downfield throws per game, which is very low. Um, especially because he, he's actually pretty accurate down the field uh, for a guy who makes a lot of mistakes in the intermediate area. But yeah, I would, if, if Jay, if uh, Freddie is the, the guy calling the shots and I, I imagine they'll be taking more shots down the field to Kenny Galladay and John Ross and, you know, Slayton and guys like that. Here, here's the, um, here's I, gotta, I, gotta get, I, I can, I can uh, we talk for like a couple minutes more, but then I got to get going. Yeah. 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 I know you're jamming. Uh, last thing. So here it is 310 completions. This is 2018 uh, Mayfield, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield with uh, kitchens, you know, uh, as the OC second highest uh, of his career, 310 completions. Attempts, 486, second highest of his career. Yards, 37.25, second highest of his career. Average throw, 7.7, second highest of his career. Touchdowns, 27, highest of his career, okay? And interceptions, 14, second highest of his career. So, Freddie seems like he's, like you said, he's not afraid to take the ball and go down and feel. Um, I guess my my final question for you, and then I'll let Mike you jump in. You could, you know, give Zach one last one is, what again? I'm not asking for anything hardcore, but like, like, are you a? Do you feel it's going to do anything? Like, is this going to spark them at all to a couple wins? Like, holy shit, they mean business, or is it? Is it going to be a little bit of refreshing so guys aren't angry, you know, any longer? Like, hey, we're getting the ball. And secondly, is will that convert to some wins? Can they? Can they get back to six wins this year? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Freddie in 2018. That was the year he was the interim uh, uh, head coach and the offensive, and he was calling the plays. And that's uh, yep. that's when the Browns like played their best football, like you mentioned. So I think there there is like a precedent for a team changing the offensive coordinator and then things getting better. But what I what I actually wrote about uh, for the morning, which is coming out, is that 
no matter like all the changes they make around them, they still come back to the fact that their offensive line is a mess. So I, while I, I, I think that they do have wins on their schedule, I think they very much, as long as they, if Daniel Jones stays healthy um, and some of their other guys, like they, they can beat a few of these teams. They can get to five, six, seven tops. I would say, I don't, I don't think they're going to get seven wins, but like you could see it, you can see it play out. So I, yep. I, you, in theory, I think they come out, look better against the Eagles uh, you know, maybe they come back to earth next week and then you kind of settle in and, and see what this offense really looks like. Go ahead, uh, Spartan Mike. What, what, what do you got? And then we'll, we'll let Zach go. My man's, my man's got to write some articles and stuff for, for the morning. I understand. Zach, I just want to ask one question. Jason Garrett's gone today. Who goes next from the Giants organization? Who goes next? Uh, I guess you could say Dave Gettleman. I, I don't think that'll be till mm-hmm. probably the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think the writing's certainly on the wall there. Um, I mean, the the other big ones that you're keeping an eye on are, you know, Daniel Jones, what they do with him, Saquon. I imagine he'll be back on that fifth year option. Um, and the problem is a lot of these guys they can't really get rid of because they've restructured so many of the contracts. And I don't I don't know that many of these coaches that they would necessarily fire. Uh, I think Patrick Graham's sticking around unless he gets a job somewhere else. Um, and yeah, so I would say Gettleman's obviously the the one to keep an eye on. Obviously, I don't I don't think it's happening yet. Uh, there's not really any reason to fire him yet, I suppose. So I could see it happening in week 17 or 18 or whatever. Sure. I saw, I saw, uh, Jason's uh, note to everybody, you know, on his way out the door, he's still a class class act, you know? Um, I did notice he didn't mention the word I judge at all in, in there. So I'm sure he's disappointed with, with, uh, with, with Joe's decision. So, all right. Hey folks, uh, you listen to another episode of the giants guys. Uh, me and Spartan Mike are going to stay right here live, so hang in. Don't disappear. We're going to let Zach uh, bounce because he's got actual work to do. And uh, we appreciate you hang, hanging out with us. And uh, everyone else, stay stay with us. We're going to answer all your questions. I see, like, there's a ton of them over here bouncing around. Um, Zach, I mean, you know, good luck the rest of the way through, man. I know it's it's tough sledding when you're, you know, trying to find something different to write about and and, and podcast about and, you know, and get involved with. But it's that's the broken record every single week. It's Gentleman Jones, Judge, Gentleman Jones, Judge. So I don't know how long the Garrett topic lasts, but now you got Freddie Kitchens to beat up for. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for having me on, guys. This is fun. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. Thank always a pleasure. Thanks, man. All right. Talk Good to night, you night. soon. All right. So, Spartan, I got a ton of questions in here I'm going to try to get to. Um, cool. For one, um, I don't know if you know this, but we've got our friends here. From from Italy, okay. They yeah, always man. stop. Yep, they always stop in. Carl's been firing out questions for me. Um, you know, um, I'm looking through here. Oh, there was one here. I wanted. To, oh, this here. It was about solder. Where was it? We were talking about cutting solder and saving a bunch of money. Where was it? Oh, here you go. So, oh yeah. So, uh, giant sport uh, opinion sports solder cut saves 14 million alone. So we'll have some. Okay. Yeah, you're you're yeah, solder's not coming back. I mean, there's no re- there's no reason to bring solder back, but like as Zach said, even with solder going, possibly, you know, Mark Hernandez is not going to get a, a renewed contract. You know, maybe price comes back as a backup. You can't depend on Gates. So, so that 14 million is not really going to go very far when you have to literally bring in four new linemen. you're hoping again, I know a lot, a lot of you folks don't necessarily like Shane Lemieux, but you're hoping Shane Lemieux comes back strong. I really don't think you can depend on Gates. I don't know what your thought on that Spartan, Mike. I mean, you know, he had a big injury. I, you know, what I hope for is look, I love Gates. Gates is like one of the few guys that was a giants. He actually wasn't even a draft pick. He was an undrafted player, but really stepped up and brought it game to game and was captain of that offensive line. His peers voted him captain. Yeah, he was, a, and he's a tough dude. He, I mean, I love Nick Gates. I really want him to come back and be successful. So I clearly think that next year, you know, we'll bring him back and we'll enable him to have a shot at least. But we have to, you know, the Giants have to be realistic and have somebody there just in case Gates isn't back to this full force, somebody that they can kind of put in there. Um, and I am getting a little sick of this because I do, I do kind of feel like we've been doing that, or the Giants have been doing that. The last few years, they get some, you know, backup level guard that comes in. They kind of swing him in when somebody else isn't working out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I hope Gates comes back, but they, they have to be prepared to move on. I, I really think when it comes to the offensive line, 
we got a lot of draft picks this offseason. We shouldn't go for a skill position. There's no point in getting a uh, our offensive weapon. Like no receivers, no quarterback, no running no, back. No, it's it, again. If we want to get outside of making the same mistakes that we've made for the last five years, yeah. you, you load this draft up with offensive linemen and pass rushers and and linebackers. Because as uh, someone here, oh uh, Mason uh, says, Blake Blake's going to have to restructure. You know, um, they're not going to cut Blake Martinez. I mean, he's a top four inside linebacker in the game. Um, you know, sadly, he got hurt, but he's a fan favorite. And, you know, he proved once again that when he's there, like, let's let Mason think of this. The reason why they brought so, – so Martinez, they said, you know, had a bad year in Green Bay. And it's because they brought in a new defensive coordinator, if you remember, okay, and they changed his role, okay. They changed his role to like a mop-up role. You know what I mean? And instead of being a downhill cerebral player. So as soon as he came back to the Giants, remember, he already played with Patrick Graham in Green Bay. So Patrick Graham was like, oh, yeah, if, if Martinez is available, go get him. Because Blake knows how to run run that system better than anybody because he played with Patrick Graham in Green Bay. So they're not going to get rid of the best linebacker they've had since Antonio Pierce. Yes, he's going to have to restructure um, a couple of these guys are going to restructure. I mean, listen, Shepard's $10 million. I, I know he's hurt all the time, but when he's on the field, he moves the chains and he's Daniel Jones's go-to guy. How we, how we've struggled without Shepard. When Shepard is on the field, we move the chains. They have to figure out a way to restructure him. I don't know if they can. Um, so I don't think, uh, Mason, I don't think, uh, he's going anywhere, but Crowder, Raglan, um, they got to go. Like, I mean, like Crowder's fine as a backup. He's not an inside linebacker. He's not a downhill backer. So, so beside an offensive lineman and a pass rusher, they're going to have to bring in another inside linebacker. Yeah. And, and real quick, Craig, I mean, cause I'm seeing all these, you know, we're talking about the big names, the big dollars that are getting cut and soldier. First of all, he's not good. So he can just get out the door, but a guy like Martinez, you know, in 2018, like the middle of the season, Gettleman was getting rid of some of the better players on the team to try to improve the cap room for next year. I don't really know if I want to do the Giants to do that again. I, I I more so want them to focus on the holes they already have and plug those in with a complete new set of guys. I, I don't want to get rid of Martinez. I know it'll save money, but like guys like Martinez, I mean, I, I don't want to look to them as the cap room saviors. I guess. Is that yeah, talent, whatever talent. Yeah, you're, you're going to have. Like I said, the only way you're going to get cap money is Soldier's going to go. You're going to restructure Shepard. You know, uh, and I think Carl said here, would you be surprised? If, if, you know, Galladay isn't come back, like, I, I mean, man, that would just be so foolish to, to turn around and, and, you know, I mean, again, the dead guy, I have to, if, if one of you guys are out there, got sports track, you can look it up, look up what Galladay's dead cap money is. I mean, Carl, there's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm about 90% sure the dead cap money would kill him, you know, on, on, on cutting him. So yeah, I mean, it's his first year, right? So, you know, th there's no way to cut a guy like Galladay. You could trade a guy like Galladay, uh, um, you know, but no, Carl, there's no threat there because the, the money, the economics still runs the game. Now, a guy like Barkley, you got two, two things with Barkley. There's no in-between. It's Barkley comes back on the tag or Barkley walks. There's really no in-between on Barkley because – you know, if they want him, they could tag him. But I don't really think they could give him a long term. They're going to have to find money somewhere. And I'm not really sure where it's coming from. Logan Ryan, we, I think, already restructured. If, uh, does that sound correct or no? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, okay. A couple of these guys did restructure in the last couple of weeks to move some money around. Um, but, you know, again, they're going to need to find, find money. And, again, the draft – yeah, no skill players. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to go hot and hard after. Listen, the kid from Iowa, the center. I think it's a great. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think. I think it's a great move. I love the kid from. I love the kid. The 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 other lineman from. Uh, is he from? Is he Georgia? Where's the other? Bama's got. Bama's got a lineman. The Bama. Yeah. So so those two linemen there are are you know you could easily get one of them right and then go ahead. I was gonna say, what about the end from? I mean, we might have a good enough pick. What about the edge from uh, Oregon? I'm always cool with an edge. If, if they he's gonna be the first, he's he's yeah. gonna be the first pick in the draft. He's literally yeah. gonna be the he's first player off the board. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, like there, there's no way anybody's going to sit around unless they trade down. But the only trading down you do, ever do is for a quarterback, right? So um, he's never going to be on the board. Like, I don't know who he's going to go to Detroit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then you know what I mean? Unless it's Lyman rebuild draft. And, and honestly, I wouldn't care if they got, I think, 11 picks. I don't care if they use seven of them on Lyman. Oh, here you I'm go. Mason, Mason, Mason took care of me. Bradbury costs nine million uh, more to cut than cap hit if Sport Track. Yeah, Sport Track is usually is usually really right, Mason. I would stick to Sports Track. Sport Track's really good resource. Um, and Carl is uh, is Linda Mom is yes, that's the kid from Iowa. It, there, it's a no brainer. Um, like Carl, you're gonna be a big car, man. He's a, he's a big dude. Yeah, you're gonna have to drive out to Iowa and bring him on out to uh to MetLife. <laughs> yeah, you might have to make that trip yourself, Carl. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the, oh, so, oh yeah, this is the, that's the kid is Jason. Is that the kid from Bama? Hold up. This is the first time I'm hearing that guy's name and I'm sorry. I have not done a lot of, uh, draft. Well, that's, because, that's because we were wallowing in our, on our, on our Michigan state team, getting their ass kicked. Yes. Right. Now that I'm done focusing on them, cause they can't make the national title. I can focus on other teams and other players, North Carolina state, NC, NC state. Okay. So look, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna same thing. I'm definitely gonna have to go back and look at some stuff because I was looking at the uh, the the tackle from Bama and the center from Iowa, and then uh, what's his name from from Evan Michigan? Neal, there it is. Somebody, uh, Jason, just said in the comments, Evan Neal from Alabama. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. You know, Neal. The which I'm assuming Neal would play right tackle. Do you draft a, a right tackle with the first pick? I don't know. It, it's not really not done, just bring him in. I don't care. Like you, you know, what I'm saying. I, yep. You know, because Neil, if Neil is on the board, I think you're you're taking him. But if if the if the center and again centers aren't normally a first round pick, they've been Pouncey. I think was a first round pick uh, back in back in the day. Yeah. The kid, the kid from Iowa was a stud, and then. And then if, if if one of those two were gone, I mean Jason likes uh likes um uh I'm gonna see if I pronounce his name right. Okawanu. If Okawanu is 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 available, you're taking him. I don't I'm gonna have to look on Jason, I might have to look him up, watch him tape. But otherwise you're going with the you're going with the defense and for Michigan. I mean, him and his running oh, mate Hutchinson. are pretty, yeah. Yeah, Hutchinson and his running mate on the other side are both pretty special players. Yeah, and I hate to admit that. I, I hate the University of Michigan, but, you know, I do understand if they have a good player, the Giants have to take him. So Mason's hot on getting rid of Bradbury. Now cutting Bradbury in 22 makes some sense. Save $12 million, but I think he's getting restructured with this deal. He's only 28. So I know he's having a bad, you know, a bad year, but, man, I don't know if you can cut a guy that, you know, was a Pro Bowl player last year and then you cut him this year. Like, that just – you don't. You're not going to be able to create the right chemistry, and and it says a lot about your team if you start bailing on stars. People start talking. People won't want to play for the Giants if they, no. you know, if you start bailing on on your guys. Now, guys like Carter, Zimenez, uh, Hernandez, um, Ingram, um, Solder, those. Those are six guys right away that aren't going to be there. You could bank on it, write it down in a notebook, keep receipts all you want. Those six players will not be on the team next year. The only thing I could think of potentially would be is because the menace is on his rookie deal that he came back as a backup player. I just, I mean, he, he offers you really nothing, you know? Right. Get, get um, a, if you're going to get some backup, get somebody that might have potential. We tossed him in. Get a younger person. He's he's not worth it. Yeah, I, I do want to say two things to that that point. Here's here's my concern. Like with the Bradbury thing, I I feel like he's been a little bit misused this season. He used to be in more man situations last year, and now he's in zone coverage. I don't think that's his niche. But this is my next point is actually a little bit more to the cap situation. Everybody's concerned about the cap, but guys, we we spent the Giants have spent so much money on free agents that don't really do all that much to begin with. And I'm not saying that means we have to give up on the giants have to give up on free agency, but yep. well, you know, we, we get all excited about the the idea of having these new players in, but the, the, the giants, I, I don't think they can really consistently look to high dollar free agents as their savior anymore. Uh, you know, they got to look, they, they got to focus on doing better at what a course he was great at getting those uh, guys that are well under the radar in free agency. Sean O'Hara, perfect example. Undrafted free agent in Cleveland. Yep. They get Sean O'Hara. 
that guy turns out to be a stud for the Giants. That's what the Giants need. It's it's not about getting these guys that cost $15 million a year. No, and on top of that, like you got to continue to have luck with your undrafted free agents, like yeah. you know, like Rich Soybert or Rick Gates. Yes. Like, you know, like Gates. right now, none of the none of the linemen the biggest the biggest mistake that the New York Giants made in 2021 is expecting Sean Lemieux not to get hurt, Nick Gates for not to get hurt, and Hernandez to have a bounce back year and Solder to come in strong. They made this huge let's just let's just call it is what it is. They were so busy fixing everything else that they made a gamble that those four players, Solder, Hernandez, Gates, and um why am I just drawing a blank? Um Gates Hernandez uh uh, Lemieux, you're not talking about Lemieux. Lemieux, right? yeah, Lemieux yeah. and Lemieux. They were making a they were making a calculated choice to ignore the position because they thought those guys were going to play. And not only did it backfire a little bit, it entirely imploded upon them, and they lost you know all all everything because now they can't protect Jones. Now Jones is running for his life. Now he's re- you know regressing into that scared cat that he is you know running for his life. So you. You know, instead of like stockpiling cornerbacks and stockpiling wide receivers, they needed to get linemen. And 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 I'm gonna say this too. This is gonna be an unpopular thing. And Spartan Mike, you can you can oh, jump all ahead. over. Go ahead. Well, yes, if you don't agree with it, it's fine. I know most people don't agree with this, but we the Giants are one of those teams that are like they subscribe, and I don't even know where it comes from, by the way. Somebody's gonna pull out some bullshit analytics on me, but <laughs> drafting uh, and listen, I'm in analytics people. So it's not like I don't believe in. Okay. <laughs> so I'm all about technology and the numbers and the, and the data science. I get it. Numbers are great, but here's the thing. When you draft, if you purely just close your eyes and let the draft pick for you, it's kind of like a bad fantasy pick. Like, Hey, it, you know, the numbers say that that guy is the best on the board, so we're going to take a safety. Umgats, okay? When all else fails, all I don't care what anything says anywhere on any line. I don't care who makes it up, right? Exactly. Thank you, Mason. Analytics without context are useless. Right now, there are only three things they can do. It is O-line, uh, O-line, O-line, and edge. Or edge, edge, O line. I don't care what what sequence you put it in. There's no other choice. Okay, there is no. So this whole like draft. So you're telling me with the let's say that Chicago pick. Let's say it's pick number seven, some number eight, and the and on the board says that the that the eighth best player in the in the draft is a safety. You're gonna draft a safety? I mean, you people are crazy. You know I mean like I'm sorry, you're crazy. Like a lot of people uh, will say that you know you have to go with best available, and I do understand that. But I feel like the Giants have been saying that they've been doing that for the last ten years, and they they don't get the right guy as it is. I I, I I'm kind of with you because there's also a little bit of positional value there too. I, I don't know if a you know if if you have a really 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 good edge available, and then you know you have a uh, perhaps I don't know uh, a Hall of Fame type tight end. What do you do? Right? It's tough. It's I mean it's tough. I mean, right now, again, like from a skill from a skill yeah, Carl's Carl's right on this. And we've been saying it for years. Big holes have been the O line and the edge, and they've been completely ignoring it. And for the record, if you guys want to go back to Jerry Reese, Jerry Reese did that with the linebackers. Okay. He never refused he drafted a linebacker. He drafted um Jaquan Williams in like the fifth round. That was the only linebacker. Then he drafted he, Greg Jones, which was a which was a bust, and he and he never would would invest in linebackers. So all those years, they got away with it because they had great, you know, uh, uh, a front four. Okay, they had a great yeah. front four, so they got away with it. And that four three, yeah, you didn't really. I mean, it was like you just needed guys that can kind of get the job done. They weren't really focused on getting elite linebackers. Yep. So they, so, you know, for, for four or five, six years, they, they ignored the, they, listen, they struck gold with Antonio Pierce and then they tried, you know, with, with John Beeson and they tried with Casillas and they tried to plug these guys in there and it, and it didn't work. Well, now here we are with the same thing, you know, with, um, with, with edge and, and offensive linemen, like they need to go find absolute can't miss. I mean, that's the thing. 
it, it has to be Joe Thomas. You know what I mean? Like you need to yes. get the guy that can't miss. He can't have anything on his record that doesn't work for you. He has to be a can't miss. We can't find a guy who's developmental and then wait another two years from develop this perk thing. Zach was saying that, you know, they just don't like him and they're literally letting soldier play over him. What does that say about Matt Pert? Wasn't they, they never expected. They never, they currently do not feel like he's going to develop into anything. Right. Isn't that how what you're kind that, of going And how is it that, how is it even possible? I don't know. I'd rather have Pert out there than Solder, but that goes back to a topic we haven't talked about in a while. I, I there's a failure to evaluate talent properly. Yeah, because I, I just thought like you know what, Pert on his worst day has got to be better than Solder and let him develop. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get enough snaps, how do they expect him to develop? Was he looking that bad? I always thought he looked like kind of okay, maybe as good as Solder. You know, on a on a bad day, but I mean, I thought he looked better than Solder, but that was just what I was seeing. Well, remember, Mike, he was hurt. Then he came back, and then Thomas was hurt, so he played left tackle for one game. Like he hasn't played right tackle for. I don't think he's played more than uh, than two games in a row at right tackle. Yeah. So, like right now, I would tell you that they don't really know what he can do. Oh, people, I do want to mention this really quick. Um, we're not going to, we're not going to go too late. Um, you know, today we're probably going to wrap this up in a minute. One, uh, this is the Giants guys podcast. It's brought to you by pickup. Okay. Pickup is a pretty cool app. You guys, and I need your support out there. If you guys love and follow us and take care of us. So pickup is props. It doesn't, it's a prop bet, but it doesn't cost you any money. It's like playing a, a, a poll on Twitter. So if you go to nygiantsrush.com, there's a, up in the nav bar, there is a spot, or they're in the articles that you read. There's a prop. All you need to do is put your telephone number in so they can verify you're real, okay? And then you can play as many props as you want. It, it tallies points for you. When you get enough points, you can go into the pickup uh, marketplace and buy whatever you want. There's a, you can get DraftKings uh, uh, gift cards if you want for, for sports betting. For me, Fanatics is their partner. So you can go in there and buy a brand new you know, Super Bowl bound hoodie. Well, that was a long time ago. Okay. Or you can buy yourself uh Spartan Mike, what are you wearing? What's the jersey you got on? I got get ready for this. Can you guess? I uh well numbers. I, I can't see this. David Tyree, man. Nice one. I was gonna say, like, I can see the I can see the um the 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 five or the nine. Like I couldn't make it out the way it's sitting on your shoulders. Yeah, so yeah. That's cool. So look, if you guys, people, listen, just go to, you can go to play pickup yourself. You can go to NY Giants Rush and play the props. They're fun. You know what it is? I'm going to put a whole bunch of new ones up there. It's will Freddie Kitchens be the OC in 2022? Will Saquon Barkley actually rush for 500 yards? Like just play the props. Plus you're supporting us um, if you become a pickup member and play. It's just something to do. You're on the train. You're on the bus. You're on your lunch hour, having coffee in the morning. Just play pickup. Secondly, MGA Sport, MGM Sportsbook, as I always say, King Sportsbooks, has the same deal so far, two months. I think we're going to go into the second month with it. $10. If you're a sports gambler, go to MGM, sign up, make account, verify, $10 on the money line. When your favorite team scores a touchdown, you win $200 of free bets. So your team doesn't even have to win. Your team just needs to score a touchdown. So if you had the Giants last night on the money line, Andrew Thomas scores a touchdown, you would have won $200 of free bets. So if you're out there and you're saying, hey, what can I do to support my guys at uh, uh, NY Giants Rush and the Giants guys, play pickup and talk to your sports bettors and let them know that we've got a special code on nygiantsrush.com. Um, oh, wait, listen to this. Nice, Mason. Mason, you're now – Mason, because you're playing and you love it, you wish you could – fill. wait, we wish – filter by who put up the prop all right well mason text me text me um or, or tweet me a uh, dm me when this is done what you want and i will call the engineers at at a pickup and let's see if we can get that done because they're they're really big on on feedback okay because they want it to be a good experience right so definitely mason um hit me up dm me let me know and i'll and then send me your address and for that input I'm gonna send you out some swag. I got a whole stack of a brand new, uh, new car magnets. All right, and 
I got a whole boatload of posters that I that I'm gonna give away that um that I've accumulated across this uh crummy season we have. So Mason, hit me up with that. Um, oh my, uh, I'm looking here at some other stuff. Jesus, how bad is Pert at practice? I mean, we don't even know. They don't let a lot of people into practice anymore. You're it's a totally different year. So that, it, but it's got to be. Again, it, it could be an evaluation thing, right? Maybe Rob Rob Sale doesn't really like him, Jason. I mean, that's all we can say is Sale is seeing something in Pert, and he doesn't. He's not letting him compete for whatever reason. I think Spartan Mike said it before. There, there's got to be a reason why they're let, letting him play. All right, support the Rush family. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl, Carl, by the way, which is on Twitter, which is Fly Guy. Um, we're going to bring Carl on in, in a producer role because Carl's Carl is the ultimate businessman and we can help. We need help with our business. So we're going to be bringing Carl on to help us out. Uh, last thing for me, Spartan Mike, and then I'm going to throw it to you is, Hey, listen, what we need taking the, taking the show, taking the website in a different direction. We're going to try to get more involved with more pr uh, production, more video, um, I've got some exclusive content coming up that for you guys. If you're subscribers, you're going to be able to get behind the scenes material right to your phone. I'm working on some pretty cool deals. All right. So what I would ask you guys to do is go to YouTube, bang, 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 subscribe on the YouTube channel. Um, follow all my, all, all these guys. Um, and of course we got a David deal interview coming up, still working on his schedule. Um, Carl, yes, we're, we're, Carl says he's looking forward to working with us. Now, so my final thing is this. If you're a content creator, uh, good with video, like producing stuff, sports videos, highlight packages, uh, maybe you're, you're, you're a writer, you like to write, just send me a DM and be like, I'm a sports writer, I want to write for you guys. Or, hey, man, I'm really good with video, really good with editing. Or, hey, Craig, I got this really cool idea. What do you think about this? I'm open, man. I want to take this to a different place because here's the thing I'm going to let you in on. I can make an I can make a New York Yankees rush. I can make a New York Rangers rush. I can make a New York Knicks rush. We can do all that, folks, if we get all you people to, to you know keep running with us. We need as much support as possible. MGM and and pickup are our sponsors. If they're happy with us, then we can do more stuff for you guys. Um, and we're trying to blaze some new trails. Spartan Mike, I'm gonna take it to you. Give me, give me Spartan Mike, give me what your your final thoughts on Garrett. Give me your final thoughts on Freddie Kitchens and give me your final win total of the year like with Freddie Bunt. Like, do you think that we can actually get back, you know, maybe to closer to what we were last year? So first things first, cheers that the Jason Garrett era is over for our offense. Secondly, uh, I am actually a little concerned and I don't like to sound like the guy who wants to lose. I do not. But if Freddie Kitchens kind of does okay or pretty decent to finish out the year, I'm worried that we bring him back and then we're not good next year. Um, or we bring back judge and like the whole, you know, everybody kind of gets an extension. I don't want that. Uh, I think what this team needs is organizationally a, a clear house. We start fresh, new general manager. They can evaluate judge, figure out what direction we have to go in from here. But ultimately um, what the giants are doing is not working. Um, Again, glad Garrett's out of here. I, I feel like th this offense has been completely wasted at his hands. Um, but hey, let's let's see what happens. If if, if the Giants win, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of how many more games they have throughout the year now, right? What, what are they down? Eleven. So we would be able to. Well, we're not going to run the table, but they're you know so they're they're you know they're three and seven, right? So you've got seven more games to play. I think the uh, Giants are going to finish with. Uh, five wins. I think that's it. I like it. I also like the fact that that Mrs. Fly Guy is listening uh, uh, to the show. So thanks for tuning in, Mrs. Fly Guy. Uh, Carl's our guy. We're gonna Carl takes care of us. We take care of Carl. And right. and and and, and, and uh, Carl knows. Carl knows. Uh, he had a bad back, you know, and uh, that's how we got we got to be uh, friends. So. I'm all about helping people out. So we, I, I let, you know, life's too short to, to be an asshole. Excuse my French. But um, yeah. one, one, this is smart, Mike. Make sure you follow me. If you're not, listen, there's almost 7,000 of you people that follow me. And I'm very privileged and very thankful for that. I love my, I love my fam. 
do me a favor. Fly Guy, which is down here in the, in the, in the notes right now, please do, do yourself a favor and follow him. He's going to be helping us out make this engine go faster. Over there, Spartan Mike. He's my new superstar, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, to, to run with Mike. Mike's a good guy. Hit him up. Talk to him about ideas. Engage him in conversation. Uh, last, uh, lastly, you know what? If the Giants win uh, seven games, I'd be ecstatic. So I'm right with you, Spartan Mike, on the fact that it looks like a repeat of next year. Um, and I, I want a new GM. I'd like to keep Judge one more year because Jones is coming back. And I think that I think Judge actually likes Jones. And I think they they uh, they do have a little something, you know. Um, I think the discipline's good for 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 Jones. Don't don't pine away for Shermer uh, or uh, or anything like that. Just we're gonna get we're gonna get an offensive line, and, th and this thing is gonna work. So uh, I just I'd like to tell you to have patience. You shouldn't have patience. We deserve better. The New York Giants fans deserve better. We deserve. Okay? What Fletcher says right there: a Super Bowl championship and nothing less. Hundred percent. Um, I mean, like, listen, the, the step is to get to the playoffs right now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So. A little wild Let's, card chip in where we get blown out in the first round. I will take <laughs> Listen, I would take getting blown out, by the way. I would take getting blown out in the playoffs just to know that I was better than, you know, Washington or or or, or the Eagles. Like, I yep. mean, like, I'm, I'm going for baby steps right now. But um, number one, they got to use the talent they have. Let's see what Freddie Kitchens could do. Judge and Jones are going to get another year. I don't know where you're going to find the money, but I will leave you with this, folks. This time last year, you guys were all crying that we had no money. And what did we do? We found so much money. We, we, we spent like crazy, right? We all went into the 20, we all ended 2020. We're like this. Oh man, we got no money. We got no money. Stupid gentlemen. We got no money. We got no money. And what did we do? We spent like children in a candy store, stuff in right. our pockets, full of Snickers bars uh, until our teeth fell out. And it didn't work out. So don't worry about the money. It's not your money. It's not my money. Let them figure it out because they always figure it out. Yeah. Right? Money's not the concern. What they're spending it on is the concern. That's my last piece. That that That's different. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, just said, I just said don't worry about them finding the money. What they yes. do is a completely another story. Hey, thanks yeah. for listening to another episode of the Giants, guys. Um, we'll be back next week, hoping with David deal. Um, if not, you know, we'll figure something else out. We're working on a bunch of stuff. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace guys.